tandem canon. The Gaverific podcast for color play as canon. And where if you tell me the princess is in another castle one more fucking time. Is it just me? This is episode 53. Excuse me, princess. Where we'll cover her royal highnesses in video games. This is Tiffany. And this is Mia. Alright, let's go straight into the talk from Teen Tandem. So Mia, what have you been up to for gamer homework? I've been so lazy. <laughs> I have not touched my hey. console in like a good solid two weeks or something. I feel terrible, but I promise I have not dropped off the face of the earth. I've been playing Cinderella Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I actually finished two of the storylines and I'm about to start my third. And I really love this game. Like it's so mm-hmm. good. It's well written. The characters are well written. Thanks, Martha. Yeah, thank you, Martha. You're the best. And then the main character is also really, really cool. And I like the love interest so far, both of them that I've played through. The only thing, though, it is so easy to get a bad ending in this. Really? And you don't even realize you're getting a bad ending until you get to the end and stuff starts popping off. And you're like, wait, hold on. How do... How do I do this? <laughs> I thought we were fine. Yeah, because a lot of it is choice-based. And so depending on what choices you make, you could either get the good ending or the bad ending. And with both love interests, I got the bad ending the first time. And so I was like, all right, let me go back and change some of my stuff and see how that works out. And luckily, there's a guide to help you. But it was mm-hmm. nice going through it the first time without any help. And of just what seeing, you would personally choose. Yeah, and just seeing how things unfold. Because kind of like, you know, Bioware games where things sort of stack up and it's cumulative and I think you have to pass a certain percentage of good decisions to get the good ending or mm-hmm. I don't know how it all works but I was like okay let's see what I did right and what I did wrong and yeah and it's like it made sense at the time but I guess in terms of the story there are certain actions that you do that could make their curses worse because all of your love mm-hmm. interests have curses themselves based on different fairy tales and so your actions could actually amplify those things or alleviate those things because you're are supposed to be helping each other break each other's curses so right it's like oh wait <laughs> i think the only downside that i have issues with is the main character is 17 and some of her mm. love interests are a little bit older i think they're in their early 20s but still it's just like uh, that's a little weird yeah. i know it's like right before her 18th birthday and her 18th birthday is a big plot point for the story but still it's just like right, you yeah. have like aged her to like 20 21 level this playing field because it's a little bit weird i just don't like underage relationships i think that's just ugh. but yeah other than that i've been rediscovering my love for sims 3 and the drama that ensues because i reinstalled master controller and story Uh-oh. progression <laughs> Yes. From Enros. And it is so great because there are people having all these unexpected pregnancies. People are hooking up and, you know, a couple of sim days later they break up or they get pregnant and then they break up. And it's just it's just so funny. Mm. I'm having so much fun. I love the mod. So if you do have the power to have it in your game, use NRAS Master Controller Story Progression. Love it. It changes your game. A couple of people have gotten in jail for child support, not paying their payments, and it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm. But yeah, what about you, Tiff? I actually was able to sit down and play the Destiny 2 expansion, which is like the Warmind now. And this thing is short. It's like seven dollar bargain bin short you're back on mars kind of like from destiny one um except it being like you know a nice red dusty bowl of nothing now you're in the part where it's all nice and like icy and wintry that's a good change up even though you do have a combination of both the cabal forces and the hive there's a couple other enemies that have come into the fold but regardless of the shortcomings of the game at least they lengthened the map 
for this particular section more than they did for Mercury, which I was very happy for. You can actually drive your Sparrow around, which you can do in Mercury at all. Hmm. And I also like, oh my gosh, so Rasputin is also not only just on Earth, but apparently has other stations everywhere, I should say. And Rasputin bequeaths you with an awesome weapon. It's like if Zeus was a part of the Fire Nation. And it's called Valkyrie. It's pretty much on a timer. I think you have it for like 30 seconds to wield this javelin at people like a thunderbolt. And it explodes so well. It is so much fucking fun. I'm like, you want a firebolt from a god model? What is your name? <laughs> it gives you such a god-like complex. I'm like, can we have more shit like this? That is badass. Stellar cool. Oh my gosh. So I think I was able to finish the actual story gameplay of it. Just the main storyline within four hours. On the last couple missions, I had help with a clan mate. So I was able to get through there quickly it's more like a precursor to what's supposed to be going down in the fall and a whole other grievances with it it seems like in destiny one it took a lot longer to level grind which seems like it was more earned even though like people who were able to get like a special quote-unquote star and suddenly level up to level 25 like my brother did mm. when i grind myself to level 25 and beyond which kind of seemed like a slap in the face but that's something else but with destiny 2 you level up extremely quick it's quicker than usual so i think i started playing it on mother's day and was able to level up that entire night five levels Wow. Yeah. So it didn't seem like it's earned enough in that aspect. And especially since there's always level caps when you get to the end of a specific expansion. So if it was up to me, I would have gone the levels go beyond what you were able to achieve in Destiny 1. Especially like the cap, I think, in Destiny 1 was 40, with levels being like 41, 42 for harder experiences. But I think that's what they're gearing for too. But I wish they had gone beyond level 40 and made things a little bit more difficult to level up so you can have a little bit more of a reason to keep playing so you can level grind even though i know it can be tedious at that point but it doesn't seem like this is well earned not to me so that's that and also i was continuing playing hogwarts mystery and it's gotten to a good part where i finally meet bill weasley and oh you and your fourth grade year hair oh but yeah it's intricate even though like in your list of friends they show you you will meet this person in your second year but it doesn't of course tell you when and where and why i think i'm about like halfway through the plot and there was one discrepancy that i wish that they wouldn't have done something happens to your friend rowan but no not my baby rowan she's okay but it's the fact that right after that something had happened i went to class and she was there i'm like you're not supposed to be here you're like yeah, something happened to you. So I'm not going to say what, but but I wish that they were ways where if you're about to do a mission, you're prohibited, especially if she has to be there. And a lot of times she does that you're prohibited to start that class until you go and check up and see like how she's doing. So just continuity errors. I give her the gameplay. It's not it doesn't really matter, but it's still the principle of the fact. So, yeah. But other than that, it's getting interesting to the point where I feel great for shutting up Jason Maru. For the umpteen time. If I ever was to slap somebody, she would be on the top of my list just for being obnoxious. The higher up you go in grades, you are able to do more things in the school. And I saw they finally had sent out the message that for year three, Hogsmeade is finally unlocked. So I cannot wait to go to Hogsmeade quote unquote, next year. But it's just like, damn it. Where is your sibling? Where? Yeah. The mystery unfolds. It'll be one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, we finally found my brother, but we're like on seventh year. Yeah. 
So in other news then, Overwatch apparently has a new deal to make these really awesome Nerf guns with its Overwatch branded rival line that will come in 2019. And it's supposed to be designed to have precision battling play. And it's it's not as hard as like a paintball gun, but a bit softer than that. But it still allows people to have some fun, some G-rated Overwatch. It is fun. Nerf for nothing. Nerf for nothing. Oh, but... it doesn't help that saying Nerf this. I'm like, I, I want to hear it. <laughs> Nerf Hopefully is. they will like try to trademark that now. But they've come out with previous lines. Like I think they did one for Deadpool. Those have been like around a hundred bucks. So we're looking at probably pricing probably about the same roughly. Yeah, just turn it. No, up. people have already started to mod or craft what projection guns they were thinking about. You know, like from Reapers or Soldier 76s. I can see Soldier 76 becoming like an actual physical thing. Divas guns. So we'll see what actual guns they will do. I hope they do Sombras because I love her. She's awesome. Oh, definitely. Oh man, I would love to have like the mech suit Nerf gun. That would be awesome. <laughs> but even still, it just reminds me of the big Nerf gun parties. Like we used to play Terminator in my neighborhood because that was like the big movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Terminator, Terminator 2. And so we'd have our Nerf guns and our, our water guns and just, it was great. So I can't wait to see little kids doing like Overwatch stuff with their Nerf gun. And yeah. It's reminded me how much I miss Super Soakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so freaking fun and we watched our dog with that so fucking great it's so multifaceted mm-hmm. love it also in news, Sony is finally going to fizz off the physical production of Vita games by next year, which will be their fiscal year, which will end in March of 2019. So apparently, like, the final purchases will be entered about February 15th for Vita games, and then they're going to finally just pull the plug, which I'm like... Thought y'all would have already done that because the sales for Vita has gone on for far too long and not a lot of people are interested. Some people do like Vita games, but it's just not to the same capacity as a DS or, or even the PlayStation itself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of good that they're finally just say like, you know what, let's stop chasing this train. It, it's not worth it anymore. Mm, that's kind of sad because I feel like Sony has not had the best luck with their handheld consoles Mm-mm. ever, really. They've always fallen so far behind Nintendo and it's like nobody can top Nintendo. But oh, not at all. But yeah, I feel sorry for the indie developers because that seems to be like their platform they gravitate mm-hmm. to. So yeah. I'm sure they're going to maybe try again in some capacity but we'll see mm-hmm. and then also another news saints row series has become backwards compatible for the xbox yeah the xbox one so if you've ever wanted to try saints row one saints row two yeah they've been releasing that stuff and i've been following the saints row and the thq nordic twitter and they're posting stuff like mad and it's just making me wonder it's like okay if they get a good enough response does this mean we're probably going to get a reboot of the series yeah. i know the next saints row is kind Coming, but what does this mean for because I know they've been pimping out their more recent ones like Saints Row 3 and 4 and Got Out of Hell but mm-hmm. I guess if the sales are that well or if the response is that well are we going to get a remaster of the first game that's ported to like PS4 and yeah. That would be nice to see that because it was only released on Xbox mm-hmm. before. And so, and I still haven't even played it and I bought it for the Xbox, but it would be nice to see that transition. And it would be even better if they could activate the servers again for the first Saints Row game so people can experience multiplayer and kind of see what people are talking about, like Flippy and Mr. Saints Godzilla and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where multiplayer was a big part of why Saints Row was such a good game, especially given that Saints Row 3 and 4, they 
their co-op modes have been become more and more glitchy over time. I think they're kind of letting mm-hmm. those go as well. So it's kind of sad. But Saints Row 2 still is my favorite in terms of co-op because, man, the amount of chaos that ensues. Definitely. <laughs> So that's all that we have for this week for news. As always, if you ever want more recent updates and stuff like that, go visit our friends at This Week in Our Collective Heads or Tweeach. They are amazing and awesome. And check them out. They're really cool. You can find them on Twitter and Twitch and all the social. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, Tiff, are you ready to level up? I have my pinky out and lifted my cup. Let's Ooh. do this. Let's level up! All right. So for today's tandem topic, Tea Time, this week we are going to talk about or give shout outs to the ladies with grace, some of our favorite video game princesses. So Tiff, let's get this party started. Who would be on your top of the list in terms of video game princesses? From the realm of Mario Brothers with Princess Peach, the ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom. And Peach has been in the Mario Brothers staple for 30 plus years. And she's probably one of the earliest princesses we know in video games. Mm-hmm. Her manner is sweet and selfless to ensure her people are taken care of. At the same time, we really don't get to see that because she's stolen all the fucking time. She even has great poise when she's battling enemies. She's still so polite and graceful about it. If I was to fight somebody, it's going to be like down and dirty, ensure that I win. But no, she does it with like grace and dignity. And she has such a strong range of emotion. Her emotions become a special ability, especially with her Super Princess Peach adventure that she did on her own where her crime or raging were a part of her special abilities that can really be detriment to either her enemies or just anybody. Mm. Just, just scary. Another princess, of course, is Princess Daisy, the princess of Saracenland. And Daisy is a little bit more of a tomboy in comparison to Princess Peach. She likes to be comfortable. She also has the tendency to be just a little bit more boastful but cheerier than Princess Peach. She possibly might even be a better ruler because IGN point out Peach is stolen all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daisy is pretty chill in her kingdom. She hasn't had that much problems, so... And she stays yeah. in her fucking castle. Bowser just has a thing for her. There's also Princess Rosalina, and she is from Super Mario Galaxy, and she's a cosmic princess that lives in the Comet Observatory with her Lumas, which are stars, that she's now an adoptive mother to. And she is also the watcher of the cosmos, so she likes to get her Neil deGrasse Tyson on, but she also just likes to chill and just watch what this guy does. Bowser kidnaps Princess Peach and destroys and attacks her castle to where she loses her power. So she enlists the help of Mario to help her gain back her power by gaining power stars. And with those power stars, she's able to rev up her tower so they can go into the void to go and look for Princess Peach. She's pretty much the first quote-unquote princess character in the Super Mario realm where she needs assistance, but it's not quite to the point where I'm a damsel in distress to the same capacity as Peach's. But she pulls her own and she has like such cool powers. kind of wish I played that. All what you got next um i have the fat princesses from fat princess <laughs> um like i just love that the whole premise of the game is to feed them cake so they can't yeah. get abducted and i think that's brilliant 
Because they're just like, feed me. I just want cake. So basically, the premise of the game is you have two sides who are trying to rescue their captive princesses from each side's stronghold. And so in order to make it more difficult for the enemy to take away your princess and get them, then you just have to feed them cake. And so while you're trying to fend off enemies, like you're trying to find cake to feed the princess, because if you make her fat enough, they can't carry her away or makes it more difficult. I just think it's funny. I just get to sit here and eat cake. That's my job and not get abducted. That's all I have to sign me the fuck up. I can do this. I'm good. Diabetes be damned. I can do it. It's all good. Do that. And of course, like over time, like she starts losing her weight. But if you keep her nice and full, like she ain't going nowhere. Mm -mm. I think she has a thyroid problem, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why she can eat all the cake and lose all the cake she wants. Like, (laughs) how do you gain weight that like that? That's some nutty professor bullshit right right there. Right. But it's just funny because they're just like, look, I just came here to eat cake, bitch. I don't really care about all this other stuff going on. Feed me cake. That's Let me. them eat. Yeah. Y'all, y'all can scrap it out. I just want my cake. Leave me alone. Let me have my cake and tea and just go, go on about your business. Mm-hmm. So, what else you got, Tiff? Oh, I got several princesses from the <laughs> realm of The Legend of Zelda. Oh, mm. my God. First, we have to start off with Princess Zelda, the titular character of the series. I'm so sorry, Link, but that's just how it is. But all of them have the same common link, that they're members of the Hyrule's royal family, that even though they vary in age or looks, they're still part of this that are linked to Helia and Nehru, which are the goddesses that are a part of the land and the creation of a lot of things. And a lot of times that's where Zelda gets her powers from. And she's more like the protector of the Triforce of Wisdom because Zelda is very wise. She's not always the damsel in distress. She's always considered to be like a champion or a sage, especially in the later games, that can often fight her own battles. And she also has different alternative personas like Sheik the Ninja or Tetra the Pirate. So she can go around and help her kingdom without being hindered. She's like, no, we're gonna keep that shit under wraps. So very versatile when she wants to go and help all her people in need. Also, Princess Ruto, the rebellious daughter of King Zora during the Ocarina of Time era. And she is originally a very strong-willed tomboy, but then she kind of like levels out and matures when she becomes an adult. But even though she's still very strong-willed, but it's with a little bit more class and grace. She also is a sage or a champion, and she is the the sage that protects the water temple at Lake Kilia. And she gives Link this Zora Sapphire, but in that culture, that means an engagement ring. So she's like, oh, so we're engaged now. All right. Uh-huh. But during the game, she also calls off the engagement because, you know, shit is going down. So she's like, no, we're going to have to put this love thing on hold. But she's always had been in love with Link. And so her giving that to him was like out of her own free will because she cared about him already. But she and the other sages are champions were able to, at the end, seal up Ganon or Ganondorf in the Sacred Realm and seal him up. So she is a strong character that does not mess with it. And she gives Link a whole bunch of shit, which I thought was cool. There is also another princess called Princess Hilda, who is the ruler of Low Rule, the counterpart of Hyrule, and she's the counterpart of Princess Zelda. She's the caretaker of her people's concerns and her world, but she will stop at nothing to make sure that her world does not go into further decay because her world lost their Triforce. She does not have the wisdom that Zelda does. So that's the reason why none of her ancestors were able to figure out how to regain their Triforce back. So they were about to go and jack Hyrule's Triforce for them to to heal their world instead of 
her just asking Zelda for help. But she wasn't wise enough to do that. So she's like, yeah, I love my people. I will do everything for them. But I will also rob Peter to pay Paul to get what I need to. She kind of evens out at the end after that. But she's still just like, all you have to do is fucking ask. Another princess is Princess Mida. She is the, she's from the Twilight Princess game. And she is said Twilight Princess. The descendant of the ancient Twi people or Twi people. Which is a race that is pretty much the evil wizards from Slytherin. They were banished into Twilight Realm. She is the ruler there. But then she got overthrown by some asshole named Xant. And he turned her into an imp-like creature. So in the first part of the game, it seems like she is really suspect. Like she's up to evil shit. In her own way, she kind of probably is. Because she does do some shady ass shit throughout the game. And shows very low regard for Link. But then when she sees he is trying to help her, then she changes her mind. Like, you know, she kind of like is reserved until she sees like, oh, you actually are trying to help me out. Or we have a common goal like Ganon. So she gets on board when she sees people need her help. So she calls on both Link and Zelda to help her fight Xant and Ganon to regain back her throne. Also, Princess Mipha. She's from the same class of people Rula is, which is aquatic people. She is from Breath of the Wild. And she is one of the champions and operates of the Divine Beast Van Ruta. And she is skilled with a spear and has been for ages and she has also had been in love with Link and had been raised with him since childhood but unfortunately she does not survive the great calamity her spirit is essentially trapped with the Ganon water beast she, and she's trapped inside the divine beast until Link is able to clear out all the Ganonized evil and free her spirit but since she loved him so much she not only gives him Mipha's grace a way for him to regain full health it gives you a second chance she gave Link this cool-ass armor that allows him to swim up waterfalls. And last but not least, Princess Styla, the princess of Hytopia. And she is gorgeous. She is on fleek with fashion. Like, this girl is full-on Project Runway with all her fashions. But there is, like, an angry bitch called Lady Maud. She throws up in her mouth a little bit when she thinks about this shit. Because, like, she just pretty much hates that she's so well put together. Sounds like so, personal problems. Like, go to therapy, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, since Lady Maud hates the fact that this princess is well put together, she decides to put a curse on her. She lets her have this ugly ass jumpsuit that she can't take off. And she is so ashamed for it, she goes into hiding and the people are just mourning that their princess is now, you know, a curse with having ugly ass fashion. Until Link comes into the picture and defeats the Lady Maud, he's able to help restore her fashion sense. I hope Lady Maud's Wi-Fi fails. Like, that's what you get. Oh, shit. Next up on our list is Rafa Padma Karan from Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. Ugh, so many like <laughs> subtitles. Mm-hmm. But essentially she's awesome because she is the crown princess of her country, Korean, but she's also a priestess who does a divination seance and that's like her special ability and so it kind of helps her to see different things that you can't really find by like looking for evidence and stuff like that. And because of this awesome power, she comes off as very, like, unapproachable and arrogant. She kind of has temper issues when she gets called out or proven wrong. And so her whole character arc is essentially about 
understanding that, yeah, divination serves a specific purpose, but Mm -hmm. it's helpful in some aspects, but you still have to obtain evidence. She's very proud of her country, and so any sort of slight against her country is taken as a personal affront, and she's very young, too, so even though she has this really awesome skill, sometimes her maturity can be depending on who she's dealing with and what the subject matter is. But yeah, she has a very high opinion of herself, and it kind of rubs people the wrong way. Like, she frequently uses a lot of really flowery language and misuses words and things like that Mm -hmm. and it's like you could just say that so much simpler and get your point across but she's very skilled for her age and she even gets to the point where she gives phoenix right a bad name which isn't really hard considering phoenix and and the stuff that he does and eventually she understands that her seances can be a different way of finding what she needs or achieving the same results that even though she has this wonderful power it's not absolute and there are pros and cons to using that as opposed to the normal way of using facts and evidence and those things so yeah yeah, she's really cool Tiff, who else did you have? I chose Princess Katana, actually, from Mortal Kombat. Princess Katana comes from the land or the other world called Adenia, and she is over 10,000 years old, and she does not look a day over 24. <laughs> I'm like, girl, That's where not- is your skin cream? Because I want that shit. That's that melanin. Um, That's melanin right there. Yes. Yeah. She's also the unfortunate stepdaughter of Shao Kahn, and after she started serving by his side for most of her life, she pretty much finds out what happened to her father King Jared and all that shit that pretty much Shao Kahn had enacted and so she switches sides to fight for the realm of good and especially to get Edenia free of Outworld's rule. So apart from her having the most impractical fighting costume in the history of gaming no woman's boobs stay like that in fighting but apart from that like she has one of the coolest instruments of fighting with her steel blades which can cut a bitch's head off she had originally appeared in Mortal Kombat 2 and her quote-unquote twin sister and she also has been Shao Kahn's personal assassin until she switched his size and she's like no you killed my father prepare to die Apart from her talent for decapitation, kisses of death, she is still very classy and flawlessly deadly in her victories. Don't mess with her. What else you got? I had to pick Sun Leon or Silk Fox from Jade Empire. Even though I had some issues with her when I did my first playthrough, Sun Leon is a princess and she disguises herself as Silk Fox. And so Silk Fox is a spy, an assassin, and she has all these ninja skills. And she comes to blows with your main character on several occasions and so she's really talented and she can kick a lot of ass and I would not want to cross her but I liked her because she felt sort of confined in her role as a princess and she just she wasn't satisfied just sitting on the throne like she wanted to go out and try to initiate some form of change she's bratty and and snarky a little bit and she Mm. I think part of that is just her privilege and being this spoiled rotten brat and and having everything handed to her and stuff like that and so it's hard for her to relate to other people at times especially like common folks even the people in your party she's like the only reason y'all are even getting granted access to all these areas is because of me and all this other stuff but aside from that I like that you know she does kick so much ass and especially if you have her as a party member she can dole out some damage I was like yes bitch go ahead she's cunning and she's resourceful but ultimately she wants to use her skills to help her people and help her land and try to alleviate all the civil 
unrest that's happening in the country. She can also be a love interest, regardless of your gender. So that's also another thing. And what happens with her ending ultimately is dependent on what your main character does if you do end up romancing her and also what your alignment is. So if you go with the open palm, which is more of like the Paragon-ish type path, then it unlocks a different ending story for her. If you're more of the closed fist, which is a lot more renegade, then it has a different ending for that. So she has her own story arc that's outside of the main character and it's her actions that help initiate and move the story forward because you run into her several times before she actually joins your party and you can keep her in there and she'll have some really witty things to say (laughs) about your other party members depending on who you take kind of like with Dragon Age so yeah this is an amazing amazing Bioware game every Bioware game is good but yeah Soapbox is a badass so yeah Mm -hmm. she's awesome all right what else do you have Tiff? Kingdom Hearts. Now, this is a little bit of a twist because we're talking about the princesses of heart. And these princesses involves Kyrie, who is the friend slash love interest of Sora. You have Alice from Alice in Wonderland. You have Snow White, Jasmine from Aladdin, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, and Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. And these seven princesses are considered to be of pure light and devoid of darkness, which is the enemy. It's kind of like the nothing from the Never Ending Story. They also have the tendency to represent the seven fragments of light broken off from the X-Blade. And with all of them together, Maleficent was planning to open the door to the to Kingdom Heart, but Ansem, the villain, is able to forge a keyblade out of the six princesses' hearts so that he can unlock people's hearts. Because by that time, Sora had kind of taken Kairi's heart away and put it with his own to protect her, to protect it from Ansem. So Ansem's like, oh, you won't give me that damn heart. <laughs> so <laughs> force a blade out of that to get that unlocked from Sora. But then Sora was able to unlock his heart to make all the other princesses restore their hearts to them. Before they left to go to their home worlds, they were able to seal the door to Kingdom Heart to make sure that that was good and closed before they went back to what they knew and loved. So, and they were brave in the end. It's like, go ahead. It, it was, but yeah, that was pretty cool. So, who else do you have? So, I selected Princess Britain from Cinderella Phenomenon. I really liked her a lot because even though she starts off this ice-cold frigid princess who doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't believe in confiding in others and she looks down upon everyone and she literally hates everyone including her own family. She resents them and her step family. I really liked her because she grows over the course of the story and she Mm -hmm. learns how to become more selfless and forgiving and she realizes that a lot of the negative behaviors that she's exhibited and her hatred of other people and vice versa is because of the way that her mother manipulated her and socialized her to make her think that her mom is the only person that she could ever love and confide in and who only loves her. And That's selfish. Yeah, it's such a toxic relationship. It's a a toxic way of parenting that it really affected her self-esteem and her ability to empathize and be compassionate with other people. So that's Uh a big reason why her curse is the way it is. She has to learn how to be compassionate, be selfless, and you know, 
perform her three tasks. But it's really cool because she starts off mistrustful and kind of wary of everybody and their attention. She's very blunt and doesn't really have much of a filter at first, but then she starts thinking Mm -hmm. about how her actions impact other people and trying to figure out like, okay, at first I need to get this rid of this curse. But she realizes by hanging out with her suitors, the people that she has love interests with, she can learn how to be more compassionate, how to be more kind and selfless. It's okay to give compliments to people when they're genuine and you feel like they need Mm -hmm. a pick-me-up. Or it's okay to let people spoil you every now and then, that give and take and that balance. But even outside of that, you find out how she's very honest and very open about her feelings once you unlock those things. And she's very strong-willed and brave and she doesn't like other people sacrificing themselves on her behalf. Like, she wants to protect herself. There are several occasions where things start going down with her her palace and her country, and she's like, you know what, I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn how to defend myself. I don't want to depend on other people to do that for me. And she's very stubborn. It actually works out in her favor because she can actually help protect the people that she cares about. Every love interest, their ending and what happens at the final act is dependent on those choices and stuff that you've made. And so every single time that I've played so far and it's a good ending, usually it's because she's sacrificing herself in some way to save someone else. And that's how she starts Mm. gaining back her three good deeds and unlocking the curse. And so if you do things right and you play her in a way that it gradually moves toward that, then she breaks her curse. She helps break the love interest curse all's right with the world. She's really awesome. She's really cool. And I liked how she evolved as a character. So awesome. (laughs) One of these days I will fucking play. You should do it. You should. It's amazing. Martha Marie, um, one of our friends, she recommended the game when we talked about Otome games a couple of months back. And it's a free game on Steam. You have three of the character story arcs. For free, so it's Ooh. definitely worth your while. So yeah, that's awesome all we had. Ooh, ugh, that's a lot of princesses. So that's all yes, the princesses is. that we have for now. But we know there are like a million others. So mm-hmm. if there are some that you have on your list that you've you know from games that you've played, you know, let us know. Hit us up. You know where our socials are, and we might have to do a part two because I feel like we're only scratching the surface. So yeah, Tiff, are you ready to move on to the wheel of random tandem? Let's spin the bitch. Woohoo! Let's spin it. So for this week's wheel of random tandem, Tiffany, which location or gaming empire, kingdom, whatever, real or otherwise, would you want to rule over? This one's a hard choice. I ended up picking Hyrule with all, all that Ganon bullshit. Mm-hmm. Can, can we skip all of that? It's very hard to pick some place that you can rule with small incidentals, not like constant strife, like Hyrule faces on, it seems, every single era in existence. But I like the concept of Hyrule, especially playing Breath of the Wild, and especially with you being able to free each land that you see the potential of what things are, and how beautiful and gorgeous and lush you can see people living peacefully, and why people or these guardians are fighting so hard to protect it, and why Ganon is so fucking power hungry to take it over and destroy it. 
is such a great stronghold to have and where a lot of kingdoms, especially places like Low Rule, are envious of the harmony they manage to maintain each and every time. That eventually good does triumph over evil. Sometimes it just takes a while, like over 100 years to do so. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to see the reason why this kingdom and people are, for the most part, happy. It could be just from the game itself, but it's just so lush and lore and history and magic and badass princesses and like uh you can't mm. yeah what about you i chose the cosmos from the katamari damashi games with the caveat that the king you will rule it better i know that for sure yeah because the king you of the cosmos sucks ass i'm like what kind of benders um, are you on we fuck up the entire galaxy really like what kind of hennessy are you doing but but anyway i chose that because i love the stars i love space and the mm-hmm. idea of being able to take something and making it into a new star or a new planet would be awesome. And mm-hmm. so, like, I would just love, hey, let's go down to Earth and roll up all the trash in existence and then turn it into a stars or a planet or something. But the idea of being able to do something like that would be really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> or if I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm just being mean, just make a star out of people I just don't like. It's just like, here you go. We have a better use for you. <laughs> Man, that's like half the fucking planet. That sounds terrible. This is how we erase bigotry in one fell swoop. Just line Mm -hmm. them all up. But yeah, I just like the whole idea and the concept of being able to create stars from just random things and objects. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that. Agreement. Plus, I want to see what the the king of the cosmos has been drinking. That cosmic juice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It will permit. Hold your liquor. Yeah, but he digression. He can't hold his temper. Plus, I feel like the princess of the cosmos would get treated a lot better than the prince. I don't know what the prince has Definitely. been doing, but he gets treated like shit. So, but then again, like he also sends the cousins out to help him too. So it's just like all of y'all need CPS called on your asses for real. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we're the brothers and sisters of these people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So that's all we have for this week's wheel of random tandem. Tiff, do we have any? Final thoughts. Those socials, though, that Twitter, that Facebook, that YouTube, that Twitch, and that Tumblr, do it. You know where we are. You know where. Um, anyway, new so- followers. <laughs> we got any new followers? <laughs> um, this week we have Gadget and Kim Yuna Ona from Twitter. Thank you guys for following us. If we didn't get to you this week, we will promise we get to you the next time we're a little bit behind on episodes this month mm-hmm. it's been crazy so we apologize yes. we don't have new commenters special shout outs this week because all of you were special and amazing and mm-hmm. apparently really really busy so yeah tiff who did you have this week's pyt i picked tgn and they focus only on overwatch they do backgrounds on characters. They're one of the few, like, Overwatch channels that I know of. They're still, like, constantly only focusing, number one, on that. And just constantly updating, like, every couple of days or so. For Free Comic Book Day, there was the comic book release for Zarya. And they also did a deal about Retribution. Was Moira already working for Talon when she won this mission for Blackwatch? So a lot of speculation, just filling in the floor of people's backgrounds and stuff like that. So definitely worth a follow if you are still interested in the lore of Overwatch. So yeah, definitely check out their channel. I had Funny or Die. They're not a gaming related channel, but one of the series that I've been following for them is the Zach Morris is Trash. Basically what they've been doing is going back through old Saved by the Bell episodes and giving the 
the breakdown of why Zach Morris is trash. And so they'll take it episode by episode with all the manipulation and all the lying and stuff that he does. And it's kind of surprising how much he does. You're like, Zach Morris is trash. (laughs) They have some recurring themes in there, especially with guest stars are like yeah we don't know whatever happened to that person because we never saw them again because they probably yeah, like fucking killed themselves and it's like okay well, yeah like jesse's stepbrother yeah they talked about him mm-hmm. about some of the characters zach was dating like that episode where he dated a woman in a wheelchair and that's all he could focus on and you didn't see her again and they're like because she probably fucking killed herself because zach morris is damn tra- they just recently started season two and so yeah if you ever get a chance go check it out they have an actual playlist of this specific series that you can follow and yeah they're hilarious i've been following them for a minute but i discovered this about a month ago so even if you're not a big fan of saved by the bell when you actually go back and look at it zach morris is truly trash so and plus people are already thinking that back in the day it's just like yep Yep. he got away with so much shit pretty much tiff do we have any upcoming events we have comic palooza houston which will be actually this coming weekend, May 25th through the 27th. And again, we have a panel on Friday at 5 o'clock at the George R. Brown Convention Center downtown. So we're uber excited, especially just to get away from things from here for a while. So that'll be awesome. We also have ArlingCon, June 30th in Arlington, Texas. Also, Let's Play. That'll be July 27th through the 29th in Irving, Texas at the Irving Convention Center. We will also be attending Infinicon, which will be August 3rd through the 5th in Addison, Texas at the Old Crown Plaza Hotel. Also, we are going to attend QuakeCon, which should be August 9th through the 12th at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine. Also, we will attend Wizard World in Austin, which will be September 21st through the 23rd. So yeah, we're looking forward to doing fun shit. It's going to be a fun summer. Busy summer, but fun. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that if you are not able to attend, make sure that you are liking and subscribing to us so that way we can give you updates on all these things. We give reviews also on these different events so yeah and we do have Mm -hmm. panels at a couple of these so our next episode will be released june 3rd on time and then Mm -hmm. we are 54th episode so we're excited about that but yeah just make sure that you are subscribed through our itunes or google play or buzzsprout so that way you get the episodes first when they are initially released and you don't have to wait so yeah and we appreciate y'all for following us listening to us and sharing with your friends we are slowly growing so we're excited mm-hmm. i'm showing my eager face and my happy face even though y'all can't see it sorry <laughs> y'all out there stay game tastic stay safe because i know we will not talk to you until after memorial day so have a safe memorial day and game responsibly damn it and don't drink too much please don't mm-hmm. but yeah bye guys see y'all next time oh. see ya we want to see ya. Because I wouldn't say wouldn't. You know what? I'm, yeah, yeah, bye. <laughs>